0: Hello and welcome back to Redirected. I'm your host, Andrew East, and this is a show where we sit down with celebrities, athletes, entrepreneurs, really anybody who's experienced a significant pivot in life. I call these pivots redirections, and at some point or another, we all go through them. And so I wanted to sit down with people who have done and gone through those pivots well, in order to share that wisdom with you. If you guys don't know my story, I was forced to pivot when the NFL and professional football did not work out how I expected it would. And so Sean and I, my wife, found some new things to do and it was challenging. And I'm passionate about sharing the idea that you are more than whatever that one thing is you're devoting most of your time to. You have passions, you have skills, and you have gifts that you can use for more. Today we sit down with Leslie Mosier, who is the brains behind everybody's favorite internet dog, Doug the Pug, and she shares how she moved to Nashville to be a musician, ultimately ended up working at a record label, and then left that to make videos of her dog and post them online. Leslie is very, very smart, she's very strategic, she knows exactly what she's doing, and has been able to build Doug the Pug brand to an international level. And she is touching lives worldwide now. And if you guys want to find out more about her and her dog, we will include links down below. And if you haven't yet, I would be very appreciative if you could subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to it and give it a five-star rating. I love five-star ratings. That would be highly appreciated. But let's just go ahead and jump in this one with Leslie Mosier. Leslie, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Doug is right behind me playing with his toys. So if you hear a dog, that's Doug.
0: I hear he's notorious for snoring. So hopefully we can maybe catch some of that on the interview, but
1: we can definitely make that happen.
0: I wanted to just start off here, Leslie, and ask how the heck can I get hair like your husband has?
1: Oh,
0: (laughs) he's looking fresh,
1: man. You know, it's so funny. So it's actually a birthmark. Rob was born. with it. Yes, he has a birthmark on his forehead area, his chin, and then he has some on his legs. And every time we go anywhere, anywhere, all around the world, people just come up to him and they're like, Oh my God, your hair, like, you know, how can I do it like this? Is it natural? Blah, blah, blah. So that's so funny that you, you love it too.
0: That's like the coolest. And he's got such a thick beard that like the whole thing <laughs> is just like a, a fantastic look. Good for that guy.
1: He was definitely blessed. Um, how long have you guys been married? We've been married going on one year in November. So it's uh, we've been together for five years. Doug, now is not the time to do the school. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: it'll be one year on November 11th, which is crazy.
0: Well, congrats. Sean, really? Marriage is generally a, a good thing. Sean and I have I three years, but no, it's good. <laughs> you
1: guys are gonna have a baby soon.
0: Oh my gosh! And we're terrified. We couldn't be more yeah. excited, but we're trying to learn on the fly here.
1: Man, you know our next door neighbor and one of our close friends. She just had a baby like six weeks ago, and it's been so cool because I would take walks with her every night as she was pregnant, and yeah. so I watched the whole process happen, and then like you know waiting, knowing that they're at the hospital and then finally meeting him and it's like so cool because she's in the same boat like you know it's their first child you only know so much but she's just totally rocking it and they're like already in their groove and it'll take time but you guys will be amazing
0: wow i feel kind of encouraged after that thank you Wesley. (laughs) okay so you're a fellow Nashvilleian.
1: yeah i almost nine years here which is wild
0: me too holy smokes yeah we both moved here when nashville was kind of like ratchet you know
1: Oh my gosh, and it took 10 minutes to get anywhere you wanted to go. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Miss those days. Where did you grow up though?
1: So, interesting story. My dad was actually a pilot in the Navy. I was born in Alaska on a small little island called Adak. Like if you look at Alaska on a map, there's like a chain of islands and I was born literally like in one of the middle ones on a naval base. And then we moved to Hawaii for 6 years and then Iceland for almost four years. And we actually just got to go back to Iceland for our honeymoon a few weeks ago. And I saw where I lived, which was really crazy. But then Virginia Beach area for high school and stuff. So my parents still live there.
0: Gotcha. I I saw that picture of you. What is it called? The Blue Lagoon in Iceland or whatever?
1: Oh my gosh. It's amazing.
0: It looks so surreal.
1: It, It is. That whole Iceland is like You feel like you're on another planet and it's just very like untouched. Like we went during a time when it's supposedly a high tourist time. So we were kind of worried like, oh my gosh, everything's going to be packed. And I swear, it felt like we were the only people there. Driving around, you rarely even pass cars. Like you just pull off on the side of the road and there's like the biggest, most beautiful waterfall you've ever seen. It's highly recommend going and visiting.
0: Wow. Sean and I had the opportunity to go on like a baby moon. I don't know if you've ever heard of a baby moon.
1: I have heard of these.
0: (laughs) I thought it was kind of crazy, but then I was like, you know what? I'm down for a vacay. But we ended up choosing Portugal instead of Iceland. Ooh. It was a great time, but I definitely want to make it to Iceland at some point yes don't they say that you're not supposed to duck your head under the blue lagoon water or whatever
1: yeah they it's crazy they make you take a shower before you get into the the lagoon and you have to like put so much conditioner in your hair almost as like a lotion because if you get the hair in the water it's like it has a lot of sulfur and so it can make it really like crackly so it's not good for your hair but I definitely like accidentally dunked my hair in it
0: (laughs) no way you're not bald now are you
1: no no I just had to do like a deep conditioning treatment. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it for the Blue Lagoon.
0: Good. Yeah, it looked great. So you moved to Nashville nine years ago and was the purpose or music?
1: Kind of when i was in high school i've always had a passion for music when i was little you know my parents put me in piano lessons and i played the flute in high school and started playing the guitar while i was in high school and writing songs and i ended up recording a few of those songs and releasing them when i was a senior in high school. And it was a super fun experience. So with that, I had my band director, he was like, you have to go to Belmont University. Like this, you know, seems like the perfect fit for you. I had never been to Nashville. I had no, no one at my school was even going to Belmont. Like everyone was going to, you know, the big Virginia schools. So I just kind of had that gut feeling like, all right, this is what I need to do. And I applied and accepted going to Belmont before I had ever even visited the school. And I think that just kind of tells you like, you know, you have to be uncomfortable sometimes and like go with your gut feeling because it can work out. And I went to Belmont and graduated with Bachelor of Business and I guess a minor in music business. But it's cool because a lot of the things that I learned not only kind of gave me a better understanding of Nashville, but it's helped me a lot with my job with Doug.
0: Very interesting. So, if you don't mind, I was just telling Leslie before the show that I was jamming out to some of her. Uh, was that the album that, that you recorded as a senior? Yeah, actor?
1: yeah. It uh, was like,
0: if you want to hear Leslie's songs, go check out her on YouTube, Single um, Moment. Jam. It's a jam, Leslie.
1: It's like a la Michelle Branch, you know, like my idols back in the day Vanessa Carlton, Michelle Branch. You can definitely hear the influence. But I will say, I actually released a song. I don't know if you saw that one on YouTube for the first time in 10 years. Yes. It's called Get Better. And I wrote it about my struggles with endometriosis. So that is the song that you should listen to first and then check out single of it.
0: <laughs> Which is also a, a great, great song. But that was a that whole journey, you, you wrote a couple posts about it and it was like a ten year struggle that you've had with endometriosis. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I've always had really incredibly painful cycles and periods and I finally was diagnosed and unfortunately the only way that you can be diagnosed is by having laparoscopic surgery. So, you know, it was one of those things where I wanted to try everything and anything, but the pain just, we got married and a few weeks after our wedding, I had my period and I was screaming, I was in such excruciating pain. We were visiting my parents after Thanksgiving and I was like, I don't care. Like I have to get surgery. Like we, I know that I have this and thankfully I've been feeling a lot better after the surgery, but it's amazing because social media kind of gave me this platform to connect with so many other women that also have this. And it was cool to kind of tie in. It's like my new quote unquote new life is like, you know, doing social media and marketing and all this stuff with Doug. And then my old passion in life was wanting to make it in music business. So like to merge both of those together and realize I can still do music. It doesn't have to be like the end all be all like I have to make this work, but I can do it for fun and still do all of this Doug stuff. So it was really fun. And then Rob produced it all in our basement. (laughs)
0: That's amazing. I was about to say, it sounded like he was extremely supportive through the whole thing, including the production side of making that song happen, which is so cool.
1: He's the best. We work so well together. He's my partner also, you know, with everything that we do with Doug. So we just like, we mesh so well and he's so talented. So it was, it was a lot of fun to work together and he's working on some music stuff too. And it's fun.
0: It sounds like you have a lot of talents. I am curious, tell me about your working relationship because Sean and I kind of have a similar similar setup. And I feel like we've kind of hit our stride, but it took us about two years to really get comfortable with like setting boundaries. And, you know, you can so easily in the social media world, get caught up in working endlessly. And like, you're just scrolling through or Whatever it is, it's it's hard to find the balance.
1: Yeah. So a little bit of the background of like how Rob and I started working together. I feel like that'll better explain what we do now. I had a social media account that was just my own and I ended up changing it to be all about Doug. And that was actually Rob's idea because he saw that I was having success when I would post a photo of Doug or whatever. And we were like, let's just make Doug his own account. And it started as a fun thing. And one day Rob was still on tour with his old band. So I was in Nashville alone with Doug and I recorded this little video and I'm like, Hey, didn't you say that you had experience with like video editing? Like, can you please edit this video together? And I was like, here's the song. Here are the clips. I need it in this order. Da, 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 da. And he was like, okay. And like that night, he sent it to me and it was a really cute little video. And then I posted it to Doug's Instagram and Facebook, which his Facebook had 3000 likes at the time. Like it was very low. Like the photos were getting like 20 likes. And the next morning I woke up and it had 20 million views. Jeez. So we were suddenly thrust into this, like, Oh my gosh, like, I don't want this to be something where, you know, it goes viral and then you never hear about it again. Like, let's do something with this. And Rob, coincidentally, Just got home from tour after that video. And I think we ended up like investing in a new camera right away. We were like, we need something better than just the iPhone. And we took that camera and started going all over Nashville and hitting up Amazon to get costumes. And before I knew it, we had a million followers on Facebook within a month because we kept posting videos and then it just kind of evolved. But our dynamic was always so natural because we just kind of played off of each other's talents. And I have strong suits creatively, but also like I'm really good at like connecting with people and like, you know, emailing and like always figuring out trying to get us into like the next thing, whether it be like connecting with an artist manager to try and get Doug to meet an artist who's coming through Bridgestone Arena or something like I know the structure and everything and how to get that done. And I think that's based on my music industry experience and mm. working with artists, managers and stuff. But Rob is just so incredible with the video editing and just making all of that stuff happen. And we balance each other out really well.
0: That's great. You guys have done some amazing collabs. I was looking at some of the past and you've done stuff with the Stranger Things cast. It looks like oh Billie God. Eilish, Justin Bieber. Shane Dawson, Demi Lovato, like who haven't you guys worked with? It's amazing.
1: Man, you know, one of my my dreams is uh, a local Nashville native, Miley. I want Miley to meet Doug so bad because she's a massive animal lover and she like has pigs. And I just know that not only would I be really happy to be like finally having Doug meet Miley, but I know Doug would be so happy because it's just like a farm essentially. (laughs) Who else? Uh, Obviously Beyonce. Like, can you imagine like an epic photo of Doug dressed up with Beyonce and Z? See, like if it, I,
0: if Doug did like a recreation of Beyonce's like pregnancy announcement, you know, when she's like kneeling with the with the veil, do you know what I'm talking about?
1: We actually have a recreation. <laughs>
0: <No way. laughs> yeah. Oh um, man, I can't wait to see that. Jeez. Yes,
1: I will send that to you after this.
0: What is the dynamic? I mean, dogs in general, like whether you're Doug the pug or. Joe Schmo down the street are like such a good connecting tool and Doug has proven to be uh, the best at that probably. Is it like, Hey, here's Doug, the pug. And then like, you guys are hanging out on the side or what's the kind dynamic of.
1: like? So it's really, really different every time. Like we never quite know what we're walking into. Like I'm almost never not a little bit nervous. Yeah. So, you know, if it's, at, if it's at a concert, for example, that's a really cool vibe because the artist is like, you know, they're about to play a show, but they want to have that moment before the show where they are really kind of like chilling and relaxed and like just getting in the zone. So Doug is a really good, you know, therapy tool. He goes up to them. He lowers their stress levels. They get really happy. They miss their dog at home or, you know, and we really get to see that person kind of just as a normal person. They're about to go on stage in front of thousands of people and be this like superstar. But in that moment, we're just talking about, you know, their dog or asking about our cat or whatever it may be. So those moments are so,
0: so cool. Wow. That is a really cool dynamic and experience that you get because most people when they meet Demi Lovato, it's all like, hey, I'm a a huge fan. And it's like a very one way kind of the fan saying hello and gushing over the celebrity. But you get this really behind the scenes look at like who they are. Like, almost in like the childlike home version of themselves where they see the dog and all the walls are kind of broken down.
1: Yeah, it really is awesome. I mean, I'm sure you guys know it's like when you go to these, these big events and you're meeting people, you can tell when the person is like super on. Yeah. And I think the best part about meeting people is, you know, getting to kind of know their true essence and like what they're really about. And it's like, yeah. we all have our on face and our stage presence or whatever, but mm-hmm. I love getting to
0: meet the real them. It's also a unique situation you're in because you're a celebrity, but it's, it's in like <laughs> such a different form. You know what I'm saying? Where like, yeah. I feel, I feel like just talking to you, you can tell that you are very comfortable sharing, as you said, the essence of who you are and it's not It doesn't seem like there's as many guards up, which, you know, when people start recognizing you, I feel like that's kind of a natural derivative is like you don't open up as easy and you're a little more skeptical of people, but you seem very... Separated from that.
1: Yeah, it's honestly the best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah. I love, you know, that Doug is like the face of all of this and he's the celebrity, but Rob and I can live very normal lives. And like people will come up to us at, you know, right. Target or at the grocery store and be like, oh my God, you're Doug's parents. And Rob's hair is almost always the giveaway with that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm also like a sensitive person and I see the way that fame impacts like the people that we are meeting and the people that it brings out. On online even. So I'm, I'm grateful that I can work hard behind the scenes and just kind of do our thing. But Dougie is the one who gets like all the positive attention.
0: Yeah, it's great. So when you made that first video that got 20 million views, you were working at like a record label, weren't you?
1: Yeah, I was working at Aware Records in the out of Nashville, their Nashville branch.
0: Wow. And you kind of set that aside within a month.
1: Yeah, no. So I actually interned at AWARE while I was in college and then he hired me my senior year. So I was working there part-time and still going to school, which was pretty hard. And then I worked there for about another year after I graduated. And that's when everything suddenly happened with Doug. And I just followed that instinct and was like, all right, here's my notice. Uh, I'm going to go do graphic design. And In the back of my head, I was really hoping that this viral video could actually become something. And within, I'd say a month after I quit, we got the book offer.
0: Insane. Which was the king of pop culture, Doug the Pug?
1: Yep, that's it
0: wow within wait it happened that quickly
1: yeah it's crazy he went viral and i think we set it up in a really good way and i think like my experience with working at the record label helped with this but my priority with making Doug's social media accounts i was like all right if i'm going to have a dog that has social media i want it to look really good and be professional and make it kind of look like it was already a brand and since it looked like it was already a brand. When people were discovering Doug for the first time, they thought it was an established something. So like when he went from zero to a million overnight, it looked like it had been much longer to a lot of people. And I think that's why, you know, publishers became interested and it didn't take long for, you know, the celebrities to want to collaborate. So I'm happy that we took that approach.
0: Genius. I feel like there's very rare situations where a viral video can turn into a sustainable, I don't know what you want to call it, career. Yeah. Uh, where like, you know, the uh, yodeling boy or <laughs> little, little Hank Williams. Little
1: Hank Williams, Williams Mason. It.
0: But it, it is hard. Like, you know, there was a craze where it was like, I, I just want to have a viral video and then like I'll crush. But then you have the video and people look back at your past archive of posts and they're not interested because it doesn't match anything else, but it's totally. you were very strategic in building that presence so that people were like, Oh yeah, I'll give this guy a follow.
1: Yeah, for yeah. sure. No, that's, that's so true. Yeah. I'm glad.
0: <laughs> you give like speeches about social media and, and marketing now, don't you?
1: Yeah, I've done a few. That's something that I definitely want to do more of in the future. I love like connecting with people and talking with people. And it definitely takes me out of my comfort zone. Like I love talking about everything like one-on-one with you. Like I feel really comfortable. I'm just at ease, but put me in front of a crowd where I don't have someone asking me questions and I'm just like up there with my little slides. It's like, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. very, <laughs> very nerve wracking, but it always ends up going better than expected. And I'm the type of person that likes to challenge myself, especially with the business side of things. I just always want want to see like where I can kind of take it. So that is something that I want to do. Like dream one day would be to do a TED Talk. Even though just like I oh my god, I just said TED Talk and like a ball went in my stomach because I thought of like <laughs> me practicing a speech or something like that, but you know, that would be
0: really cool. What do you think the title of your TED Talk would be, Leslie?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, so Rob and I have a hypothetical documentary.
0: Yes, come on, talk to me. It, what
1: is it? Behind the Wrinkles. <laughs> behind the wrinkles. So that's Doug because Doug has so many wrinkles. So it's like, you know, his life behind the wrinkles. So maybe. Wow.
0: (laughs) Love that. So you mentioned this when you were talking about your decision, to go to Belmont, the importance of taking yourself outside your comfort zone. It's actually come up a couple of times. Do you feel like, I mean, there had to be a good bit of that when you were transitioning out of the music label into graphic design, AKA social media, what caused you to be confident in making that jump?
1: Oh man. I think just like trusting that, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I, there are so many videos being put on the internet. Mm-hmm. every single day. And like, what what are the chances that ours would have that sort of response? Like, I knew that Doug was special, even before that video went viral. I remember calling my mom one day and being like, I really think Doug could be like the next Lassie or Garfield or something. And she's like, I mean, I love him. But like, yeah, like, keep working in the music industry. You know, that's why you went to Belmont. But I mean, yeah. she's always been very, very supportive. But you know, at first, it, it sounded crazy. Because at the time, there were really no, not many animal influencers, it was like Boo the Pomeranian and Grumpy Cat. And both of those animals really paved the way to kind of get people's perspective shifted on, you know, the modern, I guess, animal celebrity. Cause I mean, historically we've had a lot of animal celebrities. We've had Wishbone, we've had Lassie, Garfield, but in the age of social media, one hasn't arisen from that. It's always been like a big company that's like, this is the dog, or like, you know, a movie right. studio. It's like, here's Airbud. Oh my God, love Airbud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, so we kind of like went a reverse order, but I always saw it. And, you know, I'm very big into like manifestation and visualization. And I visualized it. And, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, if I'm not going to do this now, like, when am I ever going to be able to do something like this again?
0: That's so, great. I don't know if you know this, but we have a golden retriever speaking of Airbud, who um, some, some may or may not call an influencer, but uh, he's got his own Instagram and
1: Wait, Dougie uh, needs to follow
0: him. <laughs> Nashman the Golden. It's uh so well, here's what go ahead.
1: I know I just I love I love him already.
0: <laughs> uh one thing you and you mentioned this earlier, your guys' photography and production value is like amazing, Leslie. <laughs> like, so good. Is that all you and Rob? Like, or do you have a team?
1: No, it's so I'm proud to say all of the content is all Rob and I oh we everything in house. I mean, Doug has been like in a few commercial things that we haven't really had much of a hand in, but for 99% of it, it's, it's us just figuring it out. And like I said, Rob is super talented with video and he has the eye. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, you guys are good at it. So this viral video turned into a New York times bestselling book within like one year.
1: Yeah. So the video went viral in May or March, March, the end of March. And then by November 1st, the book came out. So from April, essentially, to November, April to November.
0: Insane.
1: Yeah, it happened so fast. And I finally feel like we're able to like be caught up there were so many things that it's like, it happened so fast. And, you know, we hadn't had our team in place. So it was like finding the right team that fit, finding a good lawyer, getting everything trademarked, like after the fact was really, really stressful. But, you know, now Dougie's all trademarked and copyrighted and good to go. But it's things that you don't really think about. It's like, you know, you write a business plan and you have all of your things set out, like, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. But like we never think about what we're gonna do if a business suddenly happens,
0: right? Literally yeah. overnight,
1: like suddenly poof, yeah. like you know, they prepared me at Belmont for this, but I didn't have anything ready. <laughs>
0: Support for today's episode comes from Skillshare, which is an online learning community for creators. With more than 25,000 classes in design, business, and more, you'll discover countless ways to fuel your curiosity, creativity, and career. Take classes in social media marketing, mobile photography, creative writing, or even illustration. Whether you're looking to discover a new passion, start a side hustle, or gain new professional skills, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering redirected listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash East. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash East to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash East. Today's episode is also brought to you by ClearBank. ClearBank is changing the way entrepreneurs raise money with equity-free capital. Co-founder Michelle Romanow, star of Canada's Dragon's Den, which is a Canadian version of Shark Tank, co-founded ClearBank with her partner Andrew D'Souza after seeing how many companies were willing to part with precious equity in exchange for a bigger marketing budget. ClearBank believes that founders shouldn't give up a piece of their company to fund marketing and inventory expenses. ClearBank makes equity-free investments from $10,000 to $10 million and can get you a term sheet in less than 20 minutes. They charge a small flat fee for the capital, and you pay them back using a win-win revenue share. This is not a loan. There is no interest rate. There's no fixed maturation date, no personal guarantees, no credit checks, and no financial covenants. ClearBank has relationships with marketing agencies, e-commerce professionals, venture capitalists, accountants, and more, giving you a true unfair advantage in the market. ClearBank invested over $150 million in 2018 and is on track to invest over $1 billion this year. Some notable portfolio companies are Public Goods, Lisa Sleep, Latote, and Buffy, just to name a few. So if you are doing over $10,000 a month in revenue, Find out how you can receive ClearBank capital by getting your 20-minute term sheet at clearbank.com east. That's clear, B-A-N-C, bank with a C, dot com slash east. ClearBank. Stop pitching and get back to doing what you love, growing your business. I want to stop for a second and give a shout out to Himalaya. Himalaya is my favorite app to listen to podcasts on. And not only do they have a truly beautiful interface, they also have great search and discover features to help you find new shows. And then they also have some really creative and unique ways for you to help support creators and interact with those creators. So thank you, Himalaya. Be sure to check them out and follow me if you get the chance. Oh my gosh. Where else is Doug? So he has this book. You've done all these collabs then there's also like a Walmart product isn't there
1: yeah so over the past like year and a half, or two years now, we've really been moving into licensing. And that's another whole world that like I had no idea about. I just kind of thought, you know, when you went into the store and you saw something in the store, it's like, cool, that's in the store. But it takes so many steps, so many people, so many meetings just to get one product placed somewhere. And it all kind of started with, I was getting texts from friends, like I'm seeing pugs in the card section of Walmart and, you know, Hallmark or whatever, like Doug needs to have his own card line. And I was like, they'll reach out to us We just got to hit a million followers on instagram and then someone will totally want doug the pug on cards and it never happened Mm -hmm. And i'm like, okay And then one day we got approached by our now licensing agent and she really believed in the brand and she Worked on barney and thomas the tank engine and teletubbies and she also has a pug So we were like you're hired. (laughs) You have a pug But, you know, she's really like led us through this crazy world. And we've, you know, done all these Shark Tank style pitch meetings. But now Doug has a line... Of products and Claire's, which we're really proud of, and you can go into any mall in the world that has a Claire's and have a see a Doug display with plushies and backpacks and water bottles and socks and (laughs) whatever you can. That is crazy. And then we have a line of cards with American greetings that you can find in Target or Walmart. And our dog toys actually just came out with Outward Hound, which is a dream to work with them because that's actually Doug's favorite toy ever is a hedgehog from Outward Outward Hound. And I met the guy from Outward Hound, and I was like, Doug's favorite toy is this hedgehog. Like, why don't we make Doug toys? And he's like, let's do it. So those just came out like a month ago. They're available on Amazon. And we have a calendar. That's been the best-selling calendar on Amazon for animals every year for the past four years. And you should check out the 2021 because it's coming soon.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. So excited.
1: We'll get you guys one for sure.
0: (laughs) I want to talk to you about social media. We kind of touched on it earlier, but mentioned like your parents didn't think really at first that it was a legitimate thing. Sean and I have struggled through that. And so the reason I wanted to start the show is because I've been bouncing around the NFL for the past five years and ultimately decided to start documenting you know what it's like behind the scenes to make a team and then to get cut from a team and that paired with Sean and I wanted to talk with I mean Sean has this amazing fan base that has followed her through her whole gymnastics career and dancing with the stars and so like we just started putting out content and it's turned into like this really fun I think like now it's there's a purpose behind it of and you mentioned this with your endometriosis post, like you can really speak with people and like build this community and like encourage people no matter like how many followers you have there's like a community out there that kind of needs to hear what you have to say but it's like such a new social media is so new and there's so many I feel like negative stigmas attached to it Mm -hmm. rightfully or wrongfully I'm curious just like what is your approach to social media are you like very conscious with your usage of it are you skeptical of it are you worried that it's gonna like the runway is gonna end at some point or talk to me about your perspective
1: yeah So Rob and I were actually just talking about this the other day. It's like with everything, there's positives and negatives. You know, it's like with Facebook groups, there are people who are using Facebook groups for like amazing things or like chronic illness or people who have shared interests. But then there are people that are filled with hate that are using it for hateful things. So if you look at the good, bright side of social media, it really is an amazing place. I mean, you are connecting with people from all across the world in ways that we could have never dreamed about 10 years ago. Businesses are able to grow Or, you know, just based on a few posts that go kind of viral. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've seen, you know, a crazy milkshake in New York City that gets popular on Instagram. And then you drive by the place in New York and they have like ropes because the lines are so long. It's like that would have, I mean, maybe it would have happened, but I really don't think that would have ever been able to happen just word of mouth or a billboard or a print ad. So it's all with how you use it. I think if you're consciously doing anything with the good in mind, then that's what you'll put out. And obviously there are people who they want to be famous on Instagram, you know, to feel something that that's not exactly good. But if you approach it with, you know, you guys, you're doing something amazing because not only are you connecting with everybody, but like you're growing together. Like it's so much fun to do with your partner and I I love it personally. I mean, it's changed my life forever, but you know, it doesn't come without bad things. Yeah.
0: Like I think you said it well. I mean, everything has a potential good and a potential bad use and you could abuse whatever it is. You know, like people talk about money that same way. You can can use money for good, but you could also like use it for bad. Mm -hmm. And I think being conscious of it and never forgetting that, like, I mean, there have been one month stretches where Sean and I just wasted half a day getting lost in the feed. And that's not necessarily a productive use of time, but then you start switching to like, Hey, what if I actively built relationships? Even if I might never meet this person in real life, Mm -hmm. we can build this relationship and there can be a lot of good that comes of it. So yeah, that's good. That's really
1: good. I've also found myself just getting inspiration from things on Instagram. Like, you know, there's definitely a negative to scrolling all day. And I mean, we've all been there. Yeah. But I've also found times when, you know, I do take a moment and I kind of just need to like disconnect from the world for a second and I scroll, but like something catches my eye that inspires me in a different way especially with like photography. I mean, there's some incredible photography accounts and you just got to see it in the the right way.
0: Yeah. When we went to Instagram headquarters in LA, the first thing they said was make sure that you're creating more than you're consuming. And I was like, you know what? That's a a good perspective to have on it. So yeah, I thought it was good. I'm curious, what are your biggest sources of information or inspiration? Like you like listen to a lot of podcasts or what are your favorite YouTube channels? Talk to me about who you like to consume.
1: Yeah. So I guess personally, I'm really into podcasts. I, you know, go on morning walks in the morning and like, I always have a podcast in. I've also <laughs> recently become like a big reader, which it's funny because my parents and my brother are like incredibly studious people. Like they're all like have English masters, masters in English. And like my dad is just this huge history buff. And my brother works in DC doing like editing. And I'm kind of like the black sheep in that way where I'm like, I'm never going back to school. Like that was great, but this is my path.
0: Yeah.
1: And so they've always said, you need to read more books. You need to read more books. And, I never really like connected with that because I think I was just looking for the wrong types of books but now that I've kind of found something that I like like I can't stop reading and we sit outside and we'll read something and it'll really inspire us and Rob and I also have like a very open dialogue and communication and we'll get into some deep talks and I mean it's cool because at the end of the day with Doug the pug like Our goal is always to make people happy. And so, in order to put out happiness, like our inner happiness is just as important. So, I I think since we have like consciously made the shift to also do a lot of inner work and like. Just, you know, work on, like I said, like manifesting and just uh, visualizing and just making sure we're in a really good state of mind. It's affecting our creativity in a really positive way. And I think, you know, we could all do that more. It's like everyone has a job at hand, but if you're not in the right mindset, then that job is going to like also be affected.
0: Yeah. What's your vision when you visualize? How do you go about it?
1: Oh, man. So I have been meditating every day and that's definitely changed my life and you know I just I think finding stillness is really important. Rob is reading this book right now that's amazing. It's called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle and he essentially says that you know if you are able to have your mind become still in those moments that's when like actual divine inspiration comes and I mean it, it's so true. It's like when you're not thinking like when you don't sit down and you're like, I need to come up with 10 ideas for this, or I need to come up with lyrics to a song, it comes from a different part of you. So like, for example, um, yesterday with the the tragic shootings that happened, I didn't know if I wanted to post something about it on my personal, personal Instagram, even though it was really affecting me. And, you know, I'm like on my Peloton bike and all of a sudden this caption just comes to my mind. And I like have to stop and like do a voice note of it. And I'm like, wait, where did that even come from? Mm. But when you're not consciously trying to produce and trying to create, it's almost better sometimes to just like allow it to naturally happen. Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: (laughs) Appreciate the book recommendation, Rob. What's up, man? Nice to meet you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I would recommend, I just finished reading a book called The War of Art. And uh, it's a playoff of the art of war, which is like an ancient Chinese one. But this guy's talking about like the creative process and there's like, you know, if you're an author or a painter and you kind of have like a quota, I guess it it applies to us too, where like Mm -hmm. there's content that needs to be put out there. There's a a certain amount of resistance that can, you know, meet you and whatever your philosophy is, whether it's like the energy of the universe or something else you want to call it like. You can kind of hit this wall of creativity and he kind of walks through the, uh, you know, how you can A, avoid that, but B, and I always say it like this, to be creative, I think it really helps to be able to get to a point of boredom where like you, you call it stillness, which I think is probably, I'll I'll switch that if you don't mind, I'll think, (laughs) but like, but to really just like, Hey, I'm not on Instagram. I'm not worrying about what I have to do today. I'm not worried about who I have to call or like anything else. Just like, okay, I'm quiet now, what is my mind going to do? And I think that's, it's a really hard to get to, but be like crucial if you're trying to to get to this point of creativity. So
1: yeah. And like you think about it and We have so many distractions now and I'm trying to personally get better about not being on my phone as much and like being very conscious when, you know, I do want to scroll and I do want to like check up on things and whatever, but like we have so many distractions. So 50 years ago, it was so much easier to like have those moments of stillness, but now it's like, it's a work to make that happen. But I think if we practice it, then it can come easier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I recently found a new inspiration of reading as well. And I used to be like the guy that was like, I'm never reading an actual physical book again. Like, I'll just read off my phone. But now <laughs> I'm like, I want to actually hold the book and not have anything else in my mind. So,
1: anyway. so much better. I, I'm like, I'm shocked at myself. I like looked at my nightstand the other day. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I need a new place for all these books. <laughs> Is crazy.
0: Uh, the beauty of getting old, huh? Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. What are your goals now, Leslie?
1: Oh, man. So, my number one goal, like I said, with Doug and our brand is to just spread happiness and love. And so with that being our main focus, one of the first things that we're trying to do in the next year or so, hopefully sooner than a year, is we're actually starting up a foundation. So it will be the Doug the Pug Foundation. And our goal is to help kids with childhood cancer. So one of the things that has really impacted us with Doug is we've had him visit hospitals a few times and specifically children's hospitals. And He's just so amazing and you know, he gives the kids so much love and you you see how happy it makes them to meet him and get his coloring book or like get a plushie and I've always felt a wanting to like help more in that sense and so we've partnering with like saint jude and a few other places and i have an awesome vision for it and it's just finally starting to come together it's like the tax stuff to do a foundation is so crazy and so intense and with all the other things we've had going on we're finally like done with that side of things so that's definitely our, our big goal for right now but another goal is we're working on an animated tv series so oh yeah Uh, I'm so excited about this one. We partnered with uh, an amazing animator. His name is Tom Bancroft. And he's actually the guy, OG Disney Animation Days, he created Mushu in Mulan. Oh my gosh. I know. And he did Young Simba in The Lion King. Wow. So he's like taken on this vision and we've been working on pitching that and fingers crossed something amazing happens with that soon because I think it would be really, really special. Like I said, one day would love to do a documentary. And then one of my goals personally, I mean, we have a few books with Doug and like his Scholastic book is coming out in a few months, but I want to personally write a book about all of this. And, you know, what I've learned from these experiences and what stuck out to me and kind of, I guess, like tips... social media tips.
0: Yeah. I feel like, uh, just your perspective, the world could use that and learn a lot from that. So I'm looking forward to reading that book. Um, yes. I'm curious with your song, get better and kind of you departing from your normal social media posts. I feel like that was maybe like a little more on the more vulnerable side. Oh, of
1: gosh. It. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, that, was, that was scary.
0: Do you see yourself doing more of that? Cause you, you said, it, it brought like a pretty cool side effect of a lot of people connecting with it.
1: Totally. Yeah. I think, you know, the more vulnerable that I can be the more like real I'm being to people and it It made such an amazing impact. And I was able to go to the endometriosis foundation of America's like gala a few months ago in New York city. And, you know, I walked in there, like all, we were all dressed up and I was just excited to meet the people that I was like emailing with. And I was not expecting all these women to come up to me and start crying and tell me that the the song was like the first time they were able to listen to a piece of music with lyrics that like was about their life Mm. and their struggles and their pain. So I definitely want to, it gives you a feeling that like, it doesn't really compare to like any other sort of successes, you know, to be able to yeah. help someone in that way, who's struggling with pain. I think we, we all need to like consciously make more of an effort to like help people that, you know, are struggling like that. But, you know, Rob and I are always working on music. So you never know.
0: <laughs> Wait, I'm just going to remind the audience to go, check got single moment by Leslie. <laughs>
1: I feel like Uh, weird. I feel like you would have been like one of my really close friends in high school uh, that would have been like hyping up single moment. Like you totally remind me of this friend of ours. Oh,
0: I'd be dropping off the album at everybody's locker for sure.
1: Putting the flyers up and like, yeah. were you like the guy that read the morning announcements? Because you would have totally read my.
0: <sighs> I was such a jock <laughs> in high school. I should have been that guy, but I was like trying to be this like tough football player. What's up, i Andrew. Oh my god! Uh, here we are. How we change? Okay, so three piece of advice that you have learned professionally or personally that could apply to the audience, or you want to share with the audience?
1: Yes. Okay. My first piece of wisdom is to not wait because the time will never be just right. If I waited to quit my job or if I waited to like make that leap or if I thought too much about, you know, what could go wrong, this would have never happened. I would never be in the place that I am right now, just in all aspects of my life. So those leaps of faith, it's not just something that people say, just to say it, it's like a true, real thing. Like you got to just go for it. If you feel like you need to, you got to go for it. Mm-hmm. Number two, to live in the present And that's something that, you know, it takes work. It's hard. It's so easy to like look to the future and be like, everything's going to be so much better when this happens. Or, you know, like once this happens, then my life will be changed forever. But it's like, we have to live in the now because we'll never get it back. And, you know, this job with Doug has really taught me to like really appreciate everything that you have in the moment. So that's my second piece of advice. (laughs) And then I have a quote that I really, really liked. I did not write this quote, but it is what you think you become, what you feel you attract and what you imagine you create. Mm. And that just goes, you know, with the mindfulness thing and just being aware of everything.
0: Wow. Deep stuff, Leslie. I know. You for I've read all
1: these books.
0: <laughs> Great. Gosh, that was good. <laughs> thank you. So here are the three things that I personally learned.
1: Yeah, I want to hear yours.
0: Well, no, this is what I learned from you and I oh. I want to thank you for it. Is oh my One, gosh. I love your perspective on <laughs> taking yourself outside your comfort zone and I feel the the one quote that I would love to have on my gravestone is you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. I just think like so important. Two, visualization was always something that I kind of thought was like weird and was, like the energy stuff, I'm a little behind on as far as buying into, but like somebody sat me down and was like explaining their process of visualizing. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is a necessity mm-hmm. um, if you want to like, you know, not to sound cheesy, but live this life that you imagine. And it's like, it's, it's important because it forces you to decide what you really want, which I feel like for a lot of people, isn't something that they spend a lot of time thinking about. Like, what do I want my life to look like? And then it also kind of comes with it. There's this effect of how am I going to get there? And your emphasis on it was appreciated. And then also love how you guys are so charitably focused and really respect that. So Thank you for that.
1: Yeah, that's so nice. Um, one thing I want to say too about the visualization is another thing that I've been consciously trying to be more aware of is like the actual words that I'm speaking because I think that has a profound impact too. Like if you say something about the future, like this will never happen. Like, oh, I, I want to live, you know, on the beach someday, but like that won't happen unless, you know, this blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Instead, if we consciously say like, when I am living on the beach, you know, when I am this old, like, yeah. I think that that changes things.
0: Yeah. Good point. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you for taking the time to, to talk with me. I've really enjoyed it and I look forward to maybe like a double date with Rob and yes. Sean and you uh, guys
1: got to come over and bring, bring your doggy.
0: I might need to use a Peloton bike. I'm, oh my I'm God. Okay. For that. that thing is actually
1: <laughs> the, <it's actually laughs> thing, So you can use that whenever you want. Um.
0: All right. Well, have a good day. And uh, Thank you
1: so much. It was great talking to you.
0: If you haven't yet, please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast and leave a review if you feel called to. It really helps the show out. And um, I love having a new audience. I love hearing what you guys think. And I love having you come back every single week.